Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, my man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Uh, I know we did not do a show last week, so we have a whole bunch of stuff to bring up today. Uh, you can find Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. Uh, from Bleacher Report, you can find me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. You can find the two out of three falls podcast t-shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. So, Graham, we have... Stuff to talk about inside the ring, outside the ring. Um, let me break it down for you. No pun intended with DX. Um, so we have the following. Goldust is leaving. Luke Harper wants out. Sasha Banks, uh, 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 you know, apparently still wants out from the company. And, and they're still at a at a standstill. Superstar shakeup that happened last week. And then you kind of, you know, kind of unfolded more into this week. Kevin Owens turning on Kofi Kingston. Uh, Money in the Bank shaping out with some matches. We'll get to that in a few. Ronda Rousey's future with the company. Dean Ambrose had the uh, the final whatever with the Shield this past weekend. So I think officially he'll be leaving the company. Uh, Bray Wyatt's promo on Raw. Yeah, you know that was very interesting. And think today or tomorrow makes the 20th anniversary of the first ever backlash from 1999 so graham before we start i do want to say congrats to our guy mark Ramondi from uh formerly now going to be from uh, mmafighting.com he'll be going to espn mma and doing some working coverage for them so uh big ups to him you can follow him on twitter at mark underscore Raimondi. Um, I guess the reason why he wasn't coming on the show because of, you know, his possible leaving from MMA towards to uh, ESPN. If we can get a chance to get him on the show a few times, that'll be great. But uh, unless I had that conversation with him, which I know it'll be soon, then um, I don't see him coming on in the foreseeable future unless he lets me know. But just want to say big ups to him first. Yeah, big congrats to Mark moving on to the big time. That's awesome. Uh, he didn't say where he'd be, uh, where he'd be uh, based out of yet. I mean, obviously ESPN, the headquarters here in Connecticut. So I'm curious if he's going to be moving here to the old CT in the near future. But uh, nonetheless, that is an awesome move for Mark. So congrats to him. He's always been a big part of the show and always an awesome dude. So yeah. one of the busiest guys out there. So it's really cool to see. But yeah, hopefully we can get him on here for a double or nothing review. That'd be pretty sick. I know. So Graham, where do you? Want to start because I just mentioned like nine different things we can start off, but uh, also possible CM Punk sighting at some some place during during last week where you know he had a mask on. Or, you know people think it's Punk, but I don't know. But that's the rumor going out there. So you can add that to the whole bunch of shit we're going to talk about. So Graham, where you want to start? Yeah, let's start with the CM Punk thing. That was the last thing you mentioned. So why don't we just start off with that real quick? All right. 
So I look online and I see this thing about oh, possible CM Punk sighting at this independent show, and somebody comes in with a black sweater, black hoodie on, with a mask on, does uh, the the finishing move, the GTS, and then, and then runs out, and then people are speculating that it might be CM Punk. And then a, uh, a picture comes on social media of Punk taking a picture with with a fan of the same exact hoodie as a guy who made the run-in. So, was it CM Punk, Graham? Do we know for sure it is or it's not him? And because people I'm following on Twitter are saying it is him and they're speculating, oh, he might be coming back to wrestling or he never really he never really got out of professional wrestling. So, what do you make on this, this, this whole CM Punk stuff? I'm almost convinced it's him. I think the sweatshirt thing has to like virtually confirm it that it's him. Um, just because that's not a sweatshirt you can buy just any old place. That's a pretty specific sweatshirt to be wearing, mm-hmm. you know, in the same state. I mean, he trains in Wisconsin for his MMA stuff. I don't know if he's still doing um, the jujitsu or the mixed martial arts. I don't know exactly what he's doing nowadays, but he's still in Wisconsin as we speak training. That's where he posted from on Twitter, even mere days before any of this went down. And in addition to the picture, wearing the same exact sweatshirt, um, I mean, obviously he didn't walk like CM Punk, but you wouldn't expect him to walk like CM Punk. He didn't want to give away his identity. Right. He hit the GTS. People saying, oh, that's too shitty of a GTS for it to be CM Punk. Dude, the guy hasn't wrestled in five years, and his GTSs weren't all that great to begin with, so I'm almost convinced it was CM Punk. It's exactly something that CM Punk would do to show up at an indie show where he once wrestled at one of his first matches Mm -hmm. decades ago to help out one of his friends in Ace Steel who helped train him years ago. The other dude, Dave Prazak, or whatever his name was, he's also friends with him. So to show up in a mask is almost, and then leave, is almost too perfect of a coincidence. So I'm almost virtually 95 percent convinced that it was cm punk and no i do not think he's coming back to wrestling um this is something that um punk had said he would do years ago to espn he said if he ever came back to wrestling it would be to come back as like a ninja under a mask and no one would ever know it's him so this sounds exactly something that cm (laughs) punk would do so i'm not surprised but he's not going to show up in wwe uh, or anywhere else if anything he could go to aew if they offered him the right amount of money but they try to get him to go to All In. I guess he said no. Um, obviously, no interest there. So maybe at some point down the road. But for right now, I do not see this being a full-time return to wrestling for CM Punk. Though it was cool, though, for what it was. Right. All right. So you're saying that, you know, not for every, you know, every fan should not get their hopes up to, to, to possibly see him uh, come back. So, I mean, if he, you know, if he has a change of heart, which, you know, a lot of guys tend to do after a certain while. You know what? You mentioned five years. And, that, and I'm sitting here like, holy shit. It's been five years since Punk left the company or left professional wrestling. It's like, if it, you know, it still feels like yesterday, you know? Oh, no, definitely. Five years since he last appeared to the company, the 2014 Royal Rumble show. And it's, wow. I mean, it feels like it was yesterday, but at the same time, it feels like forever. Because yeah. CM Punk is with the company for such a long time, such an important player in the in the WWE that it feels like it's been forever since we've seen it, but also not too, too long. So I, I miss him personally. There's a lot of people that jumped off that bandwagon a long time ago. I'm still a CM Punk fan, throw and throw. All right. So, um... I guess we'll we'll follow to see what what CM Punk does in the future. Um, also on this list, we have Goldust officially leaving the company. Um, I think he's gonna uh, well, he's he you know he'll fight uh, 
Cody Rhodes at the, the AEW show in May. So, were you surprised about Goldust leaving, like officially leaving? Not really. I mean, it was reported about a month ago that his contract expired right. and that he didn't renew it. I'm hearing conflicting reports here because when that report first came out, I think from Wrestling Sheet, Ryan Satin had said that he was gone from WWE. Goldust went on Twitter and said, I'm not gone from WWE. Don't believe everything you read, you dumb marks, is basically what he wrote on his Twitter. And then we come to find out he's been gone from WWE for a while. This is not a new thing. He's been gone apparently since January, yet he couldn't announce anything until just this past weekend. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on here, but... um. Yeah, I, I think it was bound to happen eventually. People had pitched this a while ago when AEW first became a thing. Goldust has been working behind the scenes for WWE, I believe as either an agent or a producer, for quite some time now. He has not been an active member of the roster for at least well over a year. I think the last match he had was in the infamous Greatest Royal Rumble almost exactly a year yeah. ago. Um, so it's been a while since we've seen him in the ring. But I think it's a good move if he wasn't going to wrestle for the company, nor should he have. I mean, the guy's 50-something years old. Um, I think maybe 50 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. He can still go in the ring. He was not looking bad the last time we saw him. But I think for a one-off match in AEW with Cody is awesome. I think that's perfect. Um, it's a match that a lot of people have wanted now for many, many years, myself included, dating back to like 2011. And they did it once at Fastlane 2015. It was Goldust versus Stardust, and it was utter shit. Uh, I don't think it was for a lack of chemistry either. I just think the story came, came together way too abruptly. They weren't given enough time. The finish sucked. It was botched. Uh, then they dropped the feud right after that. So hopefully they can redeem themselves with a good match, a double or nothing. It's a good match for Cody to have. I like it all the way around. And if you have not seen the video package, definitely check it out. That'll get you hyped to the match alone. I thought it was fantastic. So you think this whole AEW thing with him is just a one-off? I do. Um, I, I could see him sticking around in like a Billy Gunn-like role as like an agent or a producer. I have no real desire to see Dustin Rhodes as a regular for their roster. They have a pretty stacked roster as it is right now. There's no reason to have Cody, or not Cody, Golda stick around facing fucking Neville or Adam Page or like, I don't really care to see that mm. shit. Um, but for the Cody match, I think it's perfect. I would love to see him stick around in a non-active wrestling capacity, like backstage like Billy Gunn, but I do think he might want to end his career on his terms in a match with Cody. I think it only makes sense. Right. Um, Luke Harper requested his release, I think about a week ago on Twitter, did a whole big uh, write-up about, you know, whatever whatever he did. The bottom line is he wants out. Um, remains to be seen whether they'll grant him that. Some are speculating that he would, he will be granted that. So in the event, Luke Harper, uh, let's just say hypothetically stays or leaves, um, are you again shocked that he wants out and then do you see like this trend why is there a trend of a lot of guys um like the harpers like dean ambrose and maybe sasha banks and before it was the, the revival and some other guys who who left um why is there a sudden trend of this happening no, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, Harper has not been on TV since August. I mean, he was hurt for a while. He took time off to, I think, get wrist surgery. And then it might have been something else. But yeah, he's been off TV for some time. Rowan was brought back to TV in January. 
And I think Harper might have been injured up until recently. I know he wrestled at Access against Dominic Dijakovic, and he has not been seen since, and that was a few weeks ago. And then he um, put out that statement last week on Twitter saying that he requested his release. He probably knew the writing was on the wall. The writing has been on the wall for his release for a while now, just based off certain stuff that he said on Twitter dating back to like last year. It's pretty obvious that he knew that they weren't going to do anything with him unless it was teaming with Rowan as the Bludgeon Brothers, which was a good tag team. Him and Rowan work well together, but he does have potential to be something on his own. Now, granted, not everyone can be a world champion. Luke Harper, I don't think, could have ever been a world champion. That's not to say that he should not have been involved in that WrestleMania 33 WWE title match a few years ago with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. He wasn't going to win. Even if he did, I don't think his title reign would have lasted long. He's just not world championship material at least in my opinion but then again i think he could have been more than what he was he was a former ic champion a title he held for all of a month i believe back in 2014 they have not done anything with him on his own since then so unless he was teaming with rowan or serving as a background player in the wyatt family they just saw him as a supporting character Mm -hmm. and you might as well leave if he figures he might be utilized better elsewhere whether it be in ring of honor or aew or just on the indie scene in general so I'm glad he's on his way out. Um, reportedly, his contract is not up until later this year, though I do think going public with wanting your release and requesting it, there's a better chance of it getting it granted, a lot like Ty Dillinger. I mean, there's no use in keeping Ty Dillinger around and the company risking looking like assholes by keeping him under contract until it expires. I mean, when you sign a contract, you got to know what you're in for and how long you'll be there for. I mean, that's just part of anywhere you work um but they're not going to do anything with them they might as well just let him go early let him sit out the 90 days it's not that big of a deal him leaving is not as big of a game changer as like sasha banks would be uh sasha banks leaving would be a much bigger deal if they were to let her out of her contract early luke harper doesn't really matter the guy's been a non-factor for a long time now so it doesn't really make that big of a difference but continuing the trend of all the people leaving dean ambrose is pretty much all but guaranteed to be on his way out had his last match at the shield's last chapter that house show on sunday mm-hmm. on um, the revival like you said wanted their way out or wanted the release many months ago uh ty dillinger asked for his release had it granted a day with tommy so yeah it's an ongoing trend it doesn't overly surprise me they just have too stacked of a roster way too many people that they know what to do with and they might as well leave i mean for certain people if their contracts are up later this year then what's the harm but if your contract isn't up for another two or three years like sasha banks then you're kind of in a bad position and you have to realize like in sasha sasha's position that when you sign a contract like that you're in it for the long haul that's the whole point of it so i mean she wasn't being promoted as a top star a year ago she was in the same place then as she is now so why would you sign a multi-year contract if you know you likely won't be happy i just find that to be bizarre but nonetheless though i i do see this continuing with other people maybe tyler breeze or an apollo cruz a chad gable maybe people that aren't really doing anything right now that might be you know happier elsewhere so i can't say i'm surprised to see that harper's leaving so what percentage chance do you give that luke harper stays with the company stays yeah percentage chance zero five ten I mean, like, overall, because like I said, if his contract expires, he won't renew, obviously. Uh-huh. But um, I, I, I will I definitely see them releasing him from his contract. It took Dillinger a few weeks, uh-huh. but they made it happen. Harper might be a little longer. Um, but even if they don't, he'll leave when his contract's up, if it is indeed up in, like, November. So 
Um, yeah, I, I see him leaving. I, there's a pretty, I mean, there's a small chance you could stick around, but when you go public like that and say, Hey, I want to leave like the revival never really did that. Um, technically Sasha Banks hasn't either. There's just reports. We don't really know anything for a fact. Mm-hmm. Luke Harper outright said, Hey, I want to leave. So when you do that, that's pretty ballsy. So I would say it's all but guaranteed. He will be leaving at some point, whether it be now or later on in 2019. And, you know, you mentioned Sasha Banks, and, you know, you look at her career so far, NXT, Raw roster, multiple-time multiple time women's champion, and now she's in a, a spot where for the last year, maybe year plus, she's been in this uh, tag team role with Bayley. It's been up and down. What to do with her the last year, the last year, has really been focused on Rousey, Becky, Charlotte, uh, a little bit of a little bit of of Oscar. So she was in, in in this funk where like, what do I do? What do you have for me? And now the possibility, I won't say of her leaving, but it's like you know she wasn't at, at Raw uh, after Mania. She wasn't on Raw for the Superstar Shakeup. And I, I believe she wasn't on Raw this past week. So three weeks in a row, no, no, no Sasha Banks. Now again, we don't know if this is a, a, a shoot or a work. We don't know. But um, and plus, there's a rumor that she does have real backstage heat with Alexa Bliss, and that kind of flared up in, in the last couple of weeks. So uh, very strange to see um, her going through all this, and you know. Then it, it, it kind of escalated with the fact that she was unhappy that the Iconics um, won the, the, the tag team championship at, at, at Mania. Not saying them, but just them dropping the belt to anybody because she felt like they were going to have a longer run and had the belts mean something. And, and then now Bailey goes to SmackDown. So now when you look at the Raw side, it's like, all right, you better keep Sasha Banks because if she's not there... Then your whole women's division on that on that show is really not that great because now Rousey is going to be out for a while. You don't know about Sasha Banks, and with all due respect to the, the you know the Talias and Lacey Evans, it's just not as strong as what SmackDown is now. So Sasha Banks is in a, a weird spot. But do you think that maybe she just does a, a little hiatus, comes back? And gets gets back, you know, into the fold. Or do you think this could be a long term thing? Well, that her and the company are are going to be at odds until like they they release her. It's hard to tell right now, just because it's still too soon. I know this has been happening now for close to two weeks. The report first broke, and I think the Friday after WrestleMania. Um, but we don't know any facts. This is all speculation as to what's right. going on with Sasha. There was a report at one time that she was like complaining outside of her hotel room with Bailey that they lost the tag titles. Who the hell knows? It's all hearsay at this point. Um, Unlike Harper, though, I do think she will stick around. I do think whether it's – I mean, again, she might leave when her contract expires. But unlike these other people, reportedly her contract is not up anytime soon. I think it will be a case more like the Revival where they might convince her to stick around. Like, Unlike the Revival, she's not around right now. The Revival were still on TV when those reports were going around that they wanted to leave. Banks lost the tag titles at WrestleMania. She has not been seen since. So she's sitting out for right now. I do think she will return. Um, again, I think she might leave when her contract is up, depending on how 
better they might use her between now and then. I do think she will stick around though, and then either she'll she'll either get over it or something will happen. I just can't imagine her sitting out for the next year or two for her contract to expire. It's not like she can go anywhere else and get a breach of contract. So you might as well just come back to work. And it's not like she was being buried either. I mean, happiness is happiness. I mean, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Because fucking Neville was the Cruiserweight champion for a year, and then he left like two weeks later. So who are we to know? I mean, I have no clue what's going through her head. But, I mean, she lost the fucking tag titles. That meant nothing anyway. So who really cares? She's been like this for a while now in terms of how she's been booked. So this is nothing new, um, and she wouldn't be buried if she were to come back anyway. Someone mm. like a Dana Brooke is fucking buried. She's a loser. <laughs> she's not good. Sasha Banks is way better off than someone like that or an Alicia Fox. And like you said, Randy, the Raw women's division is in shambles right now, barely right. going to SmackDown. Becky Lynch is on Raw, but she's pulling double duty at the moment. Mm. And then Ronda Rousey's out for, honestly, probably close to a year. If she's trying to get pregnant and start a family, she'll be out for a a long time. So now is as good of a time as any for Sasha Banks to come back, have her go heel, and run that division. Because who else is going to get in her way? Charlotte's on SmackDown, too. Raw really only has her. Rousey's out. Becky's there, kind of. Lacey Evans is just starting out. Natalia. Alicia Fox is terrible. Shocked yeah. that she still has a job. Nia Jax is hurt. Naomi. Tamina's terrible. Uh, that's really about it. The Riot Squad, what's left of it, are losers. So I would honestly come back to work and she'd get probably pushed, to be yeah. honest with you. They might give her the title from day one. So and we have yet to see a real proper Becky and Sasha feud in WWE. So it writes itself, to be mm. honest with you. Um, but I do think she'll be back eventually. That's my that's my guess. It's funny because you mentioned that, you know, the, the tag team championship don't really mean nothing. And I know they've just been around for a short time. And now you have the Iconics as the tag champions and they can't get a fucking win um, in, yeah. in, in, in any singles match. I'm like, all right, I know those are, those are your tag champions, but I think they lost on TV th- th- uh, three straight weeks. Yeah, I don't know if they lost the week after Mania, but they definitely lost last week. They lost to Bailey and Naomi on Raw. They lost the eight-woman tag team match on SmackDown. They lost to Naomi on Raw this week, and then Kyrie is seen on SmackDown the next night. That's four losses in two weeks. Oh, That's pretty yeah, bad. because the, they, uh, the night at the Mania, um, or the, the two nights at the Mania, they beat the best team from Brooklyn. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, exactly. The Brooklyn <laughs> Bells, whatever the hell that means. But um, uh, yeah, they've been booked like shit, which does not surprise me because, again, they were losers before they won the belts, which is why they should not have won the belts to begin with. It makes no sense. Yeah. And it's not even like they're over either. Yeah, people popped when they won the I titles. Like but I like them. Beyond that, I mean, they. I'm not a fan of the Iconics. Their material on Tuesday was atrocious. Like to the point where like they might be as bad, if not worse than Lay Cool. And that's saying something. So I'm, I'm not a fan of the whole act, at least on the main roster. And the fact that they're the current tag team champions, especially when they're not being booked to look strong either. I mean, I like them. I, I, I like their gimmick. They're funny. They're entertaining. Um, sometimes I'm at home. And I watch it, I'd be like, eh, you know, cringeworthy stuff to, to like, oh, that wasn't funny. But still, I think the majority of their gimmick uh, I like. Um, we did mention Ronda Rousey hasn't been on TV since WrestleMania, won't be on TV for a hot minute because she's trying to get, um, you know, to, to start a family. And plus, I think she had surgery on her wrist or pinky. So she did have a, a legit injury from WrestleMania and... Um, we're like you said, man. We're, we're looking at a year, maybe a year and change. You know, now the rumor is that 
maybe for WrestleMania 36 in Tampa, it's going to be her and Becky. I don't know if we get that. If we do, great. But, you know, I'm not I, I'm not the one to rush somebody's timeline to to start a family. Uh, and then I think she, she mentioned um, in a video on her website that she's unsure. She's not saying yes or no, but, you know, she just wants to take the time off to do the whole family thing and kind of play it by ear. Plus the fact that she said that she wasn't slated to be around after November um, by that time that Survivor Series and then I guess to kind of see how everything was going and plus the possibility of main eventing WrestleMania for the woman she stuck around so uh, you know, I, 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 I think she's on the contract for uh, uh, one more year or so but I guess she was she wanted to step away back in November for the family thing, but they kind of saw the snowball rolling to get her and Becky and Charlotte in the main event. But she'll be out. So uh, you know, as we mentioned, Raw is down big time with with with, with the women on their division. But Rousey being out for that long and is unsure about the future. Um, should fans worry about that? Should the company worry about that? That she had a, a, a great rookie year with the company and now she might have the family, but there's still no answer of whether will she if she'll be back after that. So wait, did the November thing, did that come from Rousey herself or was that like a report or something? Um, I think that came from her, but I'm oh, going gonna, gonna to look at it now. I'd have to watch the video. I know she put up a video the other day talking about how she wanted to start a family. I don't know that. I mean, if that's coming from her, I find that very hard to believe. Just because, I mean, obviously she would know better than we would, but like Mm. they had been planning for WrestleMania to have her main event WrestleMania since like the moment she showed up. So I find that hard to believe that she would miss WrestleMania, but whatever. But answer your question though. Um, I do think she'll be back if she is starting a family and this isn't like some big swerve or something like that. I do think that she won't be back until at least the, like I was telling someone about this the other day. If she's trying to get pregnant, that's nine months right out of your career right there. That's right. at least until the rumble. You're not going to leave after you have the baby. So she's going to probably miss WrestleMania. I think she's under contract till 2021. The, the company outright yeah. said that. Uh, when these rumors first started back in January that she was leaving after WrestleMania, which I guess ended up being true because she's not around right now and won't be around for a while. I could see her taking time off to um, rehab the wrist injury or the pinky injury, whatever the hell she has. I could see that. But if she is starting a family and that's coming from her herself, then it's going to be a while before we see her. I could see her getting healthy from the injury, then coming back in time for SummerSlam saying, Hey, I fooled you all type of thing. I don't know if that's the case or not, but um, yeah, she had an amazing rookie year. I think we talked about this uh, a week or two ago, but how Rousey has had, in my opinion, one of the best rookie years in WWE history. I mean, she started out, had one of the best in-ring debuts in recent memory. She was undefeated up until WrestleMania. And even now, she has yet to be beaten one-on-one. So she's still technically undefeated. Uh, she won the Raw Women's Championship, currently the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion in the company's history, which isn't saying much because the belt's only been around since 2016. But still, that's an accolade nonetheless. Became one of the first women to main event WrestleMania. That's a hell of a rookie year. And has had good matches along the way, too, with 
Charlotte, even Nia Jax, uh, Alexa Bliss, and a few others. So Sasha Banks, uh, she had an amazing rookie year. She's only scratched the surface, though. She's an amazing heel. So I think it'd be a mistake if she never came back. I think she will, though. She had to have known that when she signed up to do this, she'd be around for at least a few years. Otherwise, why would you show up to sign a three-year deal if you were only planning to be around for a year? That, to me, seems silly. But um, we'll see where she goes. I don't think, my, my opinion, I don't think she'll be back at least until after Mania 36. Though we did talk a few weeks ago about how they could set up Becky and Rousey um, for at some point down the road because they still have unfinished business. So I, I hope she's back before then and it's all a swerve. I don't think that's the case, though, unfortunately. All right. So the quote that I got from um, from her would be... Um, okay, she said originally... Um, in the video, originally we approached them, and I thought I'd only be able to wrestle from WrestleMania until November because we already we already wanted to start a family. Uh, we came to the company as like, hey, before hey before we have a baby, I just want to come and do this for a few months because I, it's something I, I, I definitely wanted to do. And then it just kind of snowballed into, instead of being like a small detour in my life, it became a whole life for an entire year. As time went on, we were playing it by ear, and I loved it so much, and then I wound up wound up getting the title. And then when it became a, a real possibility that women could be the main event at WrestleMania, if I stuck around, I decided to stick around. So there you go. Okay, well, I guess that makes sense, but like I said, people were speculating about a Charlotte Rousey main event up until like Mania 34, so right. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she's telling the truth, but I just find that a little weird, the company. Ooh. I mean, she had to have known that she'd be around for a while. They were booking her. She was on Raw like every week. So I know. I, know, I just thought that was weird, but like yeah, I don't week. think she'll be back for a while, though, unfortunately. All right, so... um we may not see Ronda till WrestleMania 36 time. Uh, we mentioned Banks, Harper, Goldust. Uh, you mentioned Dean Ambrose had his uh, farewell match with the Shield this uh, this past Sunday on the network, which I did not even see. So I guess all signs point to Dean Ambrose officially leaving. Like this is not a work, right? I do think. I mean, I I figured since the beginning that this wasn't a work. Um, they, I mean, I guess they kind of showed signs, but we're led to believe that everything is a work. So I don't blame people yeah. for thinking it's a storyline, but I never once believed for a second it was. I mean, it seemed pretty legit. They've done nothing with the guy. Um, it just, I don't know. It's not like CM Punk where, I mean, I, it, that even really wasn't a work. He resigned at the last minute, and I don't think Dean Ambrose is going to resign. I, I mean, I guess he could. I don't know. At this point, they've given him so many fucking farewells. At this point, <laughs> doesn't even really matter if he resigns. Like, if you resign Dean Ambrose, what do you do with the guy? They have more than enough people to fill in a void. It's not like Raw's going to tank without him. Raw's a pretty stacked roster. Mm-hmm. I honestly forgot that he wasn't even on the show this week. Dean Ambrose is just better off taking time off. Whether it be from WWE or wrestling and come back at some point down the road, whether it be to WWE or AEW or somewhere else. But, uh, I mean, there's really nothing for him to do. He's already been a world champion multiple times over. But unlike Roman and Seth, he's just not the guy. And they're not going to focus on him. So why bother sticking around if you were previously unhappy? I mean, money talks, but at the same time, I don't know. If he's unhappy, I would just take time off. So I, I do think this is real as it gets. And Sunday was indeed it for Dean Ambrose, at least for right now. The part that I, I don't get with the Ambrose, whether he, he leaves or not, is the fact that 
the night uh correct me if I'm wrong, the night after Mania, he had the fight with, with, with uh Lashley, right? Yep. So they do this whole thing about like, hey, when you're gone or while you're gone, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take care of your wife and Bobby Lashley beats up Dean Ambrose and that was uh three weeks ago. But in true WWE fashion, they don't follow up on that. So which I'm just you're gonna have Bobby Lashley go out there, talk shit about Ambrose's wife, beat him up, and move on. And let like let Ambrose lead the company without getting his come up against Bobby Lashley or defending or defending his wife so they do that nothing happens they do the farewell on Sunday all right I'm out of here but you don't follow up on that so why why my thing is why even do that that's what that's what made me think it's a work back then because why why do that and not follow up on it and then you're like all right I see you later that shit makes no sense I think it would have been a work if they did follow up on if they did follow up on it. The fact that they didn't just goes to the show. They just don't care because they know he's on his way out. They just they just don't give a shit. The booking of Dean Ambrose and I wrote about this in an article for Daily DDT the other day. They they could have meant so much more for him to leave. His farewell is a total afterthought. For as big of a star as the guy has been for the last six seven years, him leaving means nothing. He's done nothing in 2019. He had a lackluster run of the Royal Rumble. Uh, he lost to, like, Seth Rollins. He lost to Elias, Drew McIntyre, fucking EC3 one week. The guy was booked to look like a loser. They reunited the Shield for a night at Fastlane, which was cool, only for them to reunite again, you know, this past Sunday. So that meant nothing in retrospect. He wasn't even at WrestleMania. He had that, quote-unquote, last match with Lashley on Raw, which wasn't even a, it wasn't even a match. It was an angle to get heat on Lashley, which... Led nowhere because Lashley wasn't even on TV this week, and he got pinned last week on Raw, so that meant nothing either. I don't know. I know Lashley was involved in the six-man tag team match at Sunday's house show with the Shield beating Corbin, Lashley, and McIntyre, but I, I don't know. I mean, aside from building heat for that, then I don't know what purpose that served. It's not like Lashley's a superstar now. They're not doing anything with the guy. So, again, he wasn't even on the show this week. Right. I don't know where they're going with the, I mean, I, I think I know where they're going with Ambrose, which is out the door. I don't think the guy's coming back anytime soon. But with Lashley, it was random. Yeah, they booked. They were like, oh, it's just fun on that on Raw, which it technically was because he hasn't been on Raw since. And Sunday was a house show. But what was the point? Like, having him go out getting attacked by – McIntyre, which they've already done. They had him. They had the shit kicked out of him by McIntyre a couple weeks ago, and they had him come back after that. Like, why not just write him off then? If he, especially if it wasn't going to be at WrestleMania, the whole Dean Ambrose exit thing has been really weird. Um, but none of it really makes any sense. So it's not like, oh, it's all a work. It just none of it made any sense, and none of it was really consistent either. So they could have done a lot better with Ambrose than they did. But uh, yeah, it was kind of an anticlimactic exit, if you ask me. Yeah. Um I know we mentioned, or we did not mention, the superstar checkup happened last week, and some things have been trickling afterwards uh, this week where you have people moving from Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw last week, but then apparently you get uh, some name changes to a tag team. You get people who were going to be on Raw get sent back to SmackDown. You get a a whole bunch of of things going on. I, 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 you know me. I'm not a fan of how they do the shakeup. I don't think it's, it's uh, 
fun. It's not entertaining. Uh, uh, entertaining. It's not spontaneous, as opposed to a draft where you really have no idea where they're going and who's picking who. They just have these 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 people come on the show and be like, "Oh, he's on Raw. Oh, he's on SmackDown." It's like you guys don't make it a big deal. So when you bring out like Samoa Joe on Raw this week, because I, I heard he was. Uh, he was sick last week, so he was supposed to be on Raw last week uh, because they put they put Finn Balor to SmackDown, so the, the IC title is now on SmackDown, U.S. title now on Raw, and Samoa Joe just 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 uh, comes out and does a regular promo in that uh, first segment, like oh so, you know Samoa Joe is here, and like no, no big fucking deal. So I know they had Roman go to SmackDown. AJ going to Raw, which I think you know we kind of speculated for uh, for a hot minute. Finn Balor is now on SmackDown. I'm 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 only mentioning the the the, the notables here. Elias is now on SmackDown. Um, Bailey on SmackDown. Naomi on Raw. The Viking Experience slash Raiders, whatever you want to call them, are now on Raw. Ricochet on Raw. Alistair Black is on SmackDown. Andrade was originally on Raw. Now he goes back to SmackDown. Uh, Becky's, you know, back, you know, back and forth. Um, Ray Mysterio is now on Raw. Um, so real quick before we get to, uh, you know, other things, what was your main takeaway from the superstar shakeup that started last week and then trickled in this week? Well, Randy, you forgot the biggest move. Jinder Mahal's back on SmackDown. I don't have to watch SmackDown anymore. Oh, oh man. I, I totally forgot. Oh, and, and, and the Usos are now on Raw, too. There you go. Yeah, the Usos are back on Raw now, too, which is cool. But, yeah, the Superstar Shake-Up, it's a fucking mess. We talked about this a few <laughs> years ago, dude. We talked about it a few years ago, how, like, the whole format is yeah. stupid. Oh, I'm, I'm on Raw now. Okay, why, though? It's even. It makes even less sense now because you don't have general managers. Because they kind of hinted at last year, like they did trades and shit. Because Daniel Bryan was like, "Oh, my one request, my last, my one last request to SmackDown GM is to have the Miz on SmackDown." I'm like, okay, that cool. That makes that makes sense. They don't do trades though, and now they don't even really have to because exactly. it's all owned by the McMahons. So does it even really matter who's on what show? And does the brand split even really matter? Like they didn't really enforce it before WrestleMania, or right after WrestleMania. So. I don't know. Um, I, I I like some of the moves. I like Roman moving to SmackDown and AJ being on Raw finally. The Usos finally moved to Raw. They've been on SmackDown since day one-ish, so that makes sense to me. Naomi being on Raw. The format is just a fucking mess. Like, the week one, Lars Sullivan's on Raw. Okay, he's a, he's a Raw guy. He showed up on SmackDown the next night. Okay, is he SmackDown? Is he Raw? Like... And they listed him as a Raw guy on the website as of Monday night, as of Tuesday evening, before he showed up on SmackDown. Jinder Mahal, apparently on SmackDown now, even though the shakeup was last week. Cesaro, apparently on Raw now, even though the shakeup was last week. Joe was supposed to be on Raw last week, got sick or something, didn't appear on Raw. Okay, but why not just say on the website that he's on Raw? Why not show him a backstage segment? Why not show a vignette or a video package saying that he's on Raw? These are like little things to make this shit matter, to make it even remotely make sense. If you don't pay as much attention to the show as, like, we do, Randy, you probably have no idea what the fuck is going on right now. Like, as people move without any explanation, they had people move on the website without any acknowledgement, like Chad Gable and Mickey James and Apollo Crews. How would anyone know or even care that they're on SmackDown? 
they're not even bringing it up on TV. Nikki Cross still doesn't have anywhere to go. The shakeup was a fucking mess. Andrade back on SmackDown? Why would you move him to Raw in the first place? And don't I don't want to hear this shit like, oh, he's back with Charlotte, like that was a factor. Obviously, it was a factor. But then why would you move him to Raw to begin with? Fox with the whole, oh, we want Latino stars on SmackDown. That makes sense. But then why the fuck would you move him to Raw in the first place and confuse people <laughs> even more? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many issues with the shakeup. It makes no sense. Even less sense than it has in years past, to the point where it's, it might even make more sense to do away with, do away with the brand split altogether. Because at this point, it's so illogical. It's just it, it's annoying to follow. It, it's it's too too much of a hassle to even bother following. But yeah, that's my thoughts on the superstar shakeup. So Graham, to me, you sound very very upset about the shakeup because. Um People are going back and forth, switching names, the format. They don't do it right. It sounds like they don't really care about how they do it. Uh, I tend to, I tend to uh, agree with you because as as a casual fan, um, like if you're flipping on Raw and SmackDown, <clears throat> and then you're a casual fan, not like one of us who watches, you know, more often. You know, to, to them, they, they want to see, oh, what's this draft about? What's the shakeup about? Why is this person going from one show to another? And you want to be intriguing. The way, I don't know, man, the way they deliver it, it, it sounds like, why even have the brand split at all? No, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> hopefully we, we, we do get to that point where they say, all right, everybody, you're on Raw and SmackDown. It is what it is. Also, The Miz went to, to Raw to forget about that. But it just like... Every time you do a shakeup, it's the same fucking people that, that move outside of like Roman now and Finn Balor. But Miz is always moving in a fucking shakeup. Miz has moved every single every year. Single Jinder time. Mahal has moved every single year. Like nobody cares about that. And you know, you get, now you get AJ unrolled, and uh, which leads to my next point: the fact that Money to Bank is coming up. In your neck of the woods, uh, Hartford, Connecticut, great, great spot for wrestling. Yeah, WrestleMania 11, <laughs> one of the greatest manias of all time. What are you talking about, Randy? Um, and now you're going to get AJ and Seth Rollins for the Universal title. You're also going to get uh, Becky Lynch, a.k.a. Becky Two Belts, going uh, against Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's title. Also, Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I'll get to that in a second. But AJ and, and Seth, um, are we just like in a time in wrestling where we're just not going to build up something uh, a, a, a potential potentially great matchup uh, first time ever meeting between Seth and AJ and we're going to we're going to waste that on money in the bank which a lot of people feel like it's the, the top five shows of the year uh, not really a, a, a B show but you're getting them for the title AJ just got to Raw or just got back to Raw uh, last week, and now he's in a, a, a championship match already. Um, are you in favor of that? Are you like, I don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm going to Money in the Bank anyway. Let's do it. Or are you more on the lines like, all right, because if you do this match now, which I don't think it'll end clean, that's number one, uh, a false finish. Uh, somebody might win the Money in the Bank earlier that night and probably try to cash in later where you, where you don't really get the finish of Seth and AJ a la like Kofi and, and Seth two weeks ago. Are you a fan of that or are you more a fan of, all right, give me AJ and Seth, but you got to like, you got to draw it out. Man. You, you, you got to give me, like, what's the story behind AJ and Seth that, you, that, you, that you're not getting now? 
Well, I'm of two minds on the thing. Well, obviously, like you said, I'll be there, so I'm excited to see it in person. But right. I do think the bigger point here, and I said this on Twitter as soon as it was, as soon as it was announced, mm. why not save it for SummerSlam? That, to me, feels like a SummerSlam main event, let alone WrestleMania. Exactly. Because there's a lot of stars on Raw right now. Anything can happen in four months. Anything can happen in a year. So I don't know what they'll do at SummerSlam or let alone WrestleMania. But honestly, if you look at the landscape of Raw, for as much star power as they have, does any match on paper really make as much sense or feel as must feel as must see as Rollins versus Styles? The answer is no. There's no other match. What Baron Corbin versus Rollins? Who gives a shit? Or Drew McIntyre? Yeah. Like I like McIntyre, but AJ and Rollins is the money match on Raw, and they're blowing their load within a fucking month of yep. putting AJ on the Raw brand. And I don't agree with that. Again, not just the fact that it'll be there. Money in the Bank, like you said, is at least a big show. In, in the fans' mind, maybe not so much. I mean, WWE's mind, too, because you go back a few years, not just the Punk Cena match, but they've done a lot of cool stuff with Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank is usually one of the only B-level pay-per-views of the year that you know is going to be good almost every single year. They booked fucking, I mean, I know we had the same reaction. I can almost guarantee you, if you go back three years, mm-hmm. to uh, AJ, and Sty- or, yeah, AJ and John Cena at the 2016 Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Why would you book that at Money in the Bank when you could save it for SummerSlam? It made no sense. But they had a great feud, and it culminated in an even better match at SummerSlam. So maybe there's a bigger plan in place here, and they're not just feeding AJ to Rollins for one month, and then they'll move on to the next challenger of the month. That would be insanely stupid. I really hope that's not the case. Um, But yeah, I like the match. I'm just not happy that they're already doing it and maybe they'll turn one of them heel i don't know um but yeah i'm interested to see how this plays out not to say that i wanted to see corbin in the spot but it's like rollins first big title defense so why wouldn't you hold out on it until you know why 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 would you waste it on aj and as opposed to because i don't think rollins is losing it so soon so put mcintyre in the spot mcintyre beat rollins before wrestlemania anyway so that makes sense i just think aj this soon and i'm not a fan of it but the match is going to be great nonetheless they have time to build it up money in the bank is not for another month so it's not like it's happening next week or something so that that's good i guess but um yeah i just i'm a little little hesitant about them doing the match so soon as opposed to waiting for SummerSlam to book it. Yeah, because, you know, I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, this, you know, this sounds like Baron Corbin's going to win because why would they do AJ and Seth so early? Like, they, they let, let him wait, let, you know, let him marinate and everything. And I know that's not the match that you would want to see Seth and, uh, and Baron Corbin for for the title, but I just figured, hey, it's Money in the Bank. It's next month. All right. Seth needs a... Um, a, no, exactly. A, a I, I would have been fine to that, and I expected that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I would take Drew McIntyre for now, and then when SummerSlam comes around, then you could do Seth and AJ, or let it let it even draw out. But again, you have them. What's the fucking story? What's the story behind it? Like, and and that's the part where I, as a fan for so long, get frustrated because a lot of fans out there to say, "Yeah, let's put um Andrade and Finn. That's a that's a, a match." A big time fantasy match, but I'm like, what's the story behind it? Why rush that? Uh, you know, right on on Raw on Andrade's first match on Raw before going back to fucking SmackDown. Why waste it then in a non-title match and you beat Finn Balor? And it's like you you guys are just wasting these matches. Whether you just don't have the creativity to build a story, or like you always say, they just they just they just don't fucking care. 
No, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm optimistic that Rollins and Styles can make it work. I mean, in the in the ring, you know, it's going to be a great match. They have to build a, a good feud, though, because I mean, we said the same thing about Nakamura and Styles. The feud, at least early on, it sucked because they were both baby faces, and they right. solely depended on the fact that oh, it's a money match. It's it's a dream match. Okay, but why should I care about the personal animosity between the two people? It's not that hard to create a rift between two people, even if they're both baby faces. It's not that like, it's it's not that uh, tough of a concept to grasp here. Like, so hopefully they can do that. I don't want to you know judge it too soon. We just got it booked on Monday, so maybe they have a grand plan in place. But they book week to week. They come up with the shit on the fly. They don't have their scripts finalized reportedly until hours or minutes rather until the show. So I'm not overly optimistic that they're going to be able to make this feud as great as it could be considering it's a first time ever encounter. They're both big names. People are looking forward to it. But again, if they're doing this now, it makes me shudder to think what they might be booking at SummerSlam. Rollins and Corbin is not a SummerSlam match. AJ and Rollins is, and Rollins and Corbin on paper doesn't do much for me, but it would have been fine as a Money in the Bank match because you can build the bigger stars down the road. That's how title reigns work. So again, we'll see how it goes, but I'm a little more optimistic than I was before. It's the same writing teams, but we have a different roster for Raw now. Raw is a pretty good roster at this point, even compared to a few months ago. So we'll see where it goes, but I'm hoping AJ and Rollins can make it work, whatever it is. So now I want you to keep it real, real with me. Um... When it comes to Becky Lynch, SmackDown champion, Raw champion, going on both shows, and she'll have two matches at Money in the Bank against uh, Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair. Um, Charlotte won, again, you know, a, a, a contender's match against Bailey on SmackDown. I thought Bailey was going to win the match because she did say she wants new contenders and, you know, get get to the back of the line. I really thought that we were going to have Becky and Bailey sometime down the road. And and they did say Charlotte will get a future championship match. Uh, and the future will be at Money to Bank. So Becky's going to have two matches. Are you... Where are you when it comes to Becky maybe being overexposed too much on both both shows um the promos have not for me have not been hitting hard um in in in, in recent weeks do you think they're going to overexpose her to the point where the fans are going to get tired of her and turn on her then you know you start to see a, a different a different shift in her character knowing these fans that's a very good possibility uh, I mean, we talked about this a while ago. When things start to get hot, that's when people start to turn against it. When WWE embraces it, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there is a case and argument to be made about how they can take things that are cool and make them uncool. But with Becky, that hasn't been the case yet. Yeah, she's not as hot as she was a few months ago, but she's still very popular. She gets great reactions. She's been booked very strongly, unlike the fucking Iconics who lose every week. Like At least she's winning matches, you know? Um, her promos are not hitting it out of the park. They're not that memorable. But that's not to say that she's not doing a good job or that people are going to turn on her. I think we're far from that point. Um, if she's still in the same position in six months and she's not really lighting the world on fire in the ring or on the mic or whatever, then, yeah, I think people might have a reason to turn against her. At this point, I don't see why. Um, I think she's doing a great job as the dual champion. There is absolutely something to be said for overexposure for Becky Lynch because she is on both shows. No one else is on both shows right now. That's not a good sign. I mean, it's great for Becky to get more exposure, 
But there is something to be said for too much exposure. And this is why I like the brand split because the brand split limits people to one show or the other. It doesn't have them on both shows because that's what happened to Roman Reigns and it felt like he was getting fucking shoved down her throats twice a week. Um, so again, her promos like last week on the Superstar Shake-Up, it was the same shit. Like it's, oh, I think the fans, you know, fuck Charlotte, blah, blah, blah. Lacey Evans is a plank. Okay, I've heard it all before. We got to get to the new material here, you know? Um but yeah, I think it's cool that she's holding two titles at once just because it's something that we've never seen before. I know Jay Lethal did it a few years ago in Ring of Honor. It's a cool concept. They did it once with Rollins a few a few years ago, and they kind of cut it short after like a month. Um, Becky, they can run a little longer than that if they wanted to. I'm not overly optimistic because she is a dual champion right now, and she's defending both belts on the same show of Money in the Bank, which I think is cool because um, I don't know. If, I mean, aside from Rollins, I don't know who else has done that in this company's history. But you got to remember, she's defending the titles at Money in the Bank, which means if they had the women's ladder match earlier on in the show, mm -hmm. she could beat Lacey. She might even beat Charlotte, but she may not beat the title holder, like whoever holds the contract. I honestly see that happening. Whoever wins the contract, whether it be Bailey or Natalia or whoever, I think they'll cash in that night a la Alexa Bliss from last year mm -hmm. and win whatever a title that you know they from the brand they belong to um i like what becky's doing so far but hopefully they don't shove her down our throats to the point where people are turning on her because so far she's done great work but will it be the same case in six months she has to evolve as a character she's done a very good job of doing that so far but you got to continue doing that in order to remain relevant so i'm excited to see where it goes and i do think holding both belts for right now she doesn't feel too overexposed, and it's something that we have not seen in this company really for a long time. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, so you think, going back to AJ and Seth real quick, um, how do you think that match will finish? Do you think Seth goes clean, AJ goes clean? Do you think we have somebody, like the men's Money in the Bank match might happen earlier in the night? And then somebody would try to cash in because I, I just don't think either one is going to get a clean victory. For the Becky Charlotte match and the Rollins, or which matches are you talking about the, here again? The, the AJ and Seth. Okay, yeah, for AJ and Seth, um, I mean, maybe. I mean, I think Rollins isn't losing the belt so soon. I mean, it, honestly, it really depends on who ends up on the show. Like, if Baron Corbin doesn't end up on the card, I could see him getting involved, which is fucking dumb, but I could see that happening. Um, if not that, maybe a countout, which this company is notorious for. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's ending clean. I don't think AJ is winning the belt at this point, unless he, like, goes heel or something, which would be interesting. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I do think of the two matches that that match would have a non-finish before, like, Becky and Charlotte, because we've seen that enough times, and they clearly don't have a problem with beating Charlotte into the ground. So that's my thoughts on that. And how do you think the Becky... Uh, I think she would beat Lacey Evans. I think I think that'll be the first match she'll have. I think she'll beat yeah. her. Now, when it comes to Charlotte, because you know that's not a match we've seen at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, walking out of Money in the Bank, is Becky Lynch still Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion, or do you think she holds on to one? Like I said, the fact that it's Money in the Bank and they have a like. Whoever wins with the women's Money in the Bank briefcase and assuming it happens before Becky's matches or at least before one of them, 
uh, like before her second title defense that night, they'd be an idiot to not cash in on Becky on that show. She's wrestling two matches against two top opponents. They'd be moronic to not cash in on that show. So I think it's happening either then or the next night or something. Um, so I don't think she holds the belts for much longer because mm. otherwise, why wouldn't they have unified them by now? You know, I think Becky ends up on raw in the long run because let's face it, raw needs her. Uh, but yeah, I, I think she will probably drop the belts at either money in the bank or soon after. I don't know if they'll wait until SummerSlam to do it. Mm. Cause honestly, it makes more sense now to do it as opposed to down the road. Cause, uh, you, she's defending the both, both belts on the same show. So that's what I would do. Um, but it's a cool concept, like I said. So I would see, I would have no problem with her holding the belts for at least another month or two. And what do you make of the Bray Wyatt promo on Raw? Because when it when it first happened, a lot of people were fifty uh, fifty. They were like, "Oh, what the fuck is this? What have you done to Bray Wyatt?" Some were like, "Hey, this could be something interesting and different." Um, yeah, we're getting him back. That's you know that is a good sign. But now he's different. He's like in this Firefly Playhouse with the the, the buzzard and the the doll. He looks different, shaven down, lighter hair. Um, but given the benefit of the doubt, hey, this might turn out to be something good so some are still on the fence some love it some hate it where were you at when you saw the promo i'm cautiously optimistic um which is probably a problem because this company has a terrible track record with like making us think hey it can go in this direction like hey this could work hey it might be successful and then it's not and then it fucking fails and then we're all left looking like losers like why did i think they would actually do the right thing so i am optimistic though and if only because of this, the guy was dead in the water. Randy, I've said it time and time again here on the show. The guy was a loser. They booked him to look like a loser. It's not his fault. Mm-hmm. They have booked him to look like a loser over the last five years. Right. John Cena, Undertaker, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, you name him, Bray Wyatt has probably lost to them. There is nowhere further for him to go than up at this point. Anything is better than nothing. At least he's on TV, like you said. And it's something different. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the whole Eater of Worlds gimmick. It was a unique gimmick five years ago. They beat it into the ground. They had him built up just to lose to the big players, basically sending the message, hey, you're a loser and it will never be a main event player. But he's still good, though. He's still good. It's not Bray Wyatt's fault. It's not like he's past his prime or something. Mm -hmm. The guy could still be something, but it's going to have to be in a different character because anytime I see the whole... The old character, the Eater of World shit, the whole like same promos with Sister Abigail, mm-hmm. it would make me fall asleep because we know it's not going to lead anywhere. We know he's just going to lose. So again, I think anything is better than nothing, and it's something different. So I'm willing to give it a chance. I thought it was cool. I've seen people theorize that maybe he was institutionalized late last year, and maybe that's where this is going. I don't know, but I'm willing to give it a shot because it seemed pretty cool. I've rewatched it a few times. I'm like, hmm, you know, that could be interesting. And his acting is on par, too, and he looks great. The guy looks like a fucking superstar, Mm. which is cool uh, for the first time in a while. So... Uh, yeah, I'm willing to give this a chance. I really am. That might sound 
make it might make me sound like a mark like why would you buy this shit and you know what it might end up being shit but i think there's also a chance they could turn it into something cool and something different for the guy and again at least he's on tv and he's doing something which i know it's like oh then why would you ruin him any further he can't be ruined any further because the guy has been he's been a walking dead man a, a dead man walking for years now so again i'm i'm willing to give it a chance i think it might turn out okay all things considered we'll see Hey, man, as of right now, Bray Wyatt, early odds on favorite to win Money in the Bank. How about that? Very low. I think it'd be cool if he showed up in the Money in the Bank match. I don't think he will. Um, I think he might resurface at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Okay. I mean, selfishly speaking, I'll be there, so I would love to see right. that. Um, but I think it's either at that show or the next night is the over-under and when he might return officially to Raw. Well, we're glad to see Bray White back. Uh, you know me, I, I've been a big fan of his for a while. Hopefully then they don't fuck this up uh, any further. Um, Kevin Owens turns on Kofi Kingston. I, I think we all saw that coming. Um, KO was not really a new member of the New Day. Made that very clear on SmackDown. So I would assume Kofi and KO go at it at Money in the Bank for the WWE title. Uh, what'd you make of it? I know we saw it coming, but how do you think it played out? I thought it was a good angle. No one is better at stabbing people in the back than Kevin Owens. I mean, you look at the betrayals of Sami Zayn and Chris Jericho. This guy is great at luring you in and making you think like, hey, he's a good guy, but he's actually a piece of shit. Um, so I thought it was cool. I mean, you had to know this was going to happen eventually. I didn't know if they would pull the plug so soon. I'm kind of glad they did, though, because you talk about build. If they had Owens as a member of the New Day for the next month, but they had him turn on Kofi the Tuesday before the pay-per-view and they just made the match like on the website that night, that would have been shitty. Um, but I think at this point, you kind of lured people into a false sense of security by having him team with the New Day for a week. You turn, you have him turn on uh, Kofi Kingston, and it's the 24th as we speak. They still have a month to book you know, the match and make people excited for it and give people a reason to care. And you know that next Kevin Owens promo is going to be a gem with him talking about how dumb the New Day is and all this other stuff. And what's even cooler is that with Biggie out hurt for the next few weeks, it looked like they wrote Xavier Woods off too. Um, with that attack from Owens after the match by power bombing him on the apron. Right. It could be just Kofi for the foreseeable future, which is cool because we've never really seen Kofi on his own in a long time. And he's going to be WWE champion for a little while, I would assume. And he's got to sink or swim on his own here. It can't always be about the New Day. It can't always be about the fucking hip swiving and the butt shaking and all this other stuff. Like, he's got to be a serious competitor on his own. It's not just enough for him to win the title. He's got to be a viable world champion on his own. So this is do or die time for Kofi Kingston, too. Kevin Owens is great. I'm sure he'll be a very good heel. But for Kofi, if he can't make it as WWE champion in this feud, it's not looking good, and he'll probably drop the belt soon. But if he can prove that he can hang on his own without Woods and Big E, then uh, he might hold the belt at least through SummerSlam. So I'm looking forward to the feud. It's something new. Great to see Owens back at the forefront of the title picture. And there's history here they can play off of, too. Because mm. if you can recall, they were supposed to do, in reality, Owens and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. They axed it in favor of Kofi. They gave Owens the shot at Fastlane instead, but he didn't really he didn't get the match. Um, I think Ali got added and Owens was never pinned and then he was left off of WrestleMania. So Kofi took his WrestleMania moment. So there's stuff that you can play off of here. I think that's awesome. And they can talk about, oh, you know, you fight for your family. I've been fighting for my family since day one type of thing. So, again, there's a lot of what they can play off of here. How much they actually delve into it remains to be seen because they rarely kind of go below the surface here. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good feed for SmackDown. 
Yeah, because you know the the point you made about um, you know Kofi being champion, but has to be a real serious champion where you no know, more wild colors and, and and pancakes and this and that. It's like at, at some point, you know, he's got to be a real champion, like and and not. You know, maybe new music, new outfit, maybe kind of slowly stepping away from from the whole new day act. But I, the question is, do they do that because of how significant the the new day are? Um, we know Big E's going to be out. Uh, you mentioned Xavier might have got written off for the time being because now with uh, Big E out. They're like, why would I have just Xavier out there with Kofi? Let's let's take them out the equation. Let Kofi be on his own for a minute. But even with that on his own, can he change? Or would they change the gimmick a bit where he does get new music and new outfits and be like a real, oh, this is the real Kofi Kingston outside of the New Day? Not while he's with the New Day. I think after Biggie inevitably turns on him down the road, they could. Um not anytime soon. I think they'll keep the New Day thing going for a while. I would like to see him get his own music, especially now that he's on his own for the foreseeable future. You know what? Fuck it. Just give him back his old music. At least people know that music for the most part. Um, I would like to see that. So, yeah, I would like to see him establish his own identity if he's going to be champion. Because if he's going to be champion while with the New Day the entire time, then he's never going to be given a chance to really get a run on his own. I want to see Kofi Kingston as WWE champion. I don't want to see the New Day as WWE champion, uh, which is fine, but I think it should be all about Kofi for right now. But, yeah, give him his own music and or give him his old music back. Um, yeah, I don't know if they'll actually do that because it's a lot easier to not do that and they're too lazy to do that, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think we'll, I think there's a decent chance he could, but I think there, he's probably there's a better chance he won't and they'll stick with the New Day stuff just because that's a lot easier for the company to do. All right, Graham, you know, before we leave, you know, I can't leave you without um, going back in history. I think we pretty much covered you know what happened on Raw Smackdown the last couple of weeks so if I miss if I miss anything I apologize but uh, today will make the 20th anniversary of the first ever backlash from 1999 so I'm going to tell you right now I have not seen this show since probably that day I probably seen the, the main event here and there but uh, I don't recall it unless I, I saw it on Wikipedia but today it makes 20 years anniversary of the first ever backlash so I'm gonna go right through the card see what you remember and I doubt I doubt you've seen this this show in recent time right I did actually watch it because I was on a journey for several years to watch every WWE pay-per-view on the network. Wow. Okay. So I did actually watch it about two years ago. I remember that. I reviewed it for my YouTube channel. Mm. I don't remember what I thought about it, but looking at the card right now, um, it looks like a decent show. I remember the main event. I know that Stone Cold and Rock was far and away the best match on the show. Mm. But I, yeah, I, ha I have seen the show in its entirety. I just do not remember all that much about it. So we had... The Ministry of Darkness defeat The Brood in a six-man tag team match. Uh, we had Al Snow defeated Hardcore Holly in a uh, Hardcore Championship match. That match went that match went 15 minutes. Al Snow and Hardcore Holly. Um, the Godfather defeated Goldust in a uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. 
So the Godfather with Icy Chimp. I forgot about that. Um, it was, yeah. The New Age Outlaws defeated Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart uh, in a match a match to determine the new contenders for this uh, tag team championship. Mankind defeated the Big Show in a boiler room brawl. Triple H defeated X-Pac. Taker defeated Ken Shamrock. And Stone Cold defeated The Rock in a no hose barred match for the WWF Championship with Shane McMahon as a uh, special guest referee. Now, I bring I bring up real quick, I bring up Backlash up because usually how they used to do it back in the day is that you keep the story going. Now, sometimes stories might end at WrestleMania, rivalries might end at WrestleMania, some might prolong until the the show afterwards so it, at this time it was backlash before it could be like unforgiving like those kind of shows they take the main event from wrestlemania they put it on the show in like a rematch and then boom after that that rivalry is over so the rock and stone cold just fought at wrestlemania 15 the month prior and and now it's a rematch so Nowadays, Graham, you're not getting backlash right after Mania. You're not getting Unforgiven after Mania. You're getting like Money in the Bank. You're getting Greatest Royal Rumble where they don't continue these stories. So, like for example, Ronda, Charlotte, Becky was the main event of Mania. They could have maybe had Becky and Charlotte in the main event of like you know backlash or like Unforgiven, but they just don't continue that because they sometimes now they ended early at Mania back in the day. They used to prolong it where you kind of, the person who lost kind of gets their rematch. After that, they're done. But again, not trying to sound like the the, 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 the old man on the yard, but that's how they used to do it and, and be the big, the big, the, the big payoff for that rivalry used to be after WrestleMania. But nowadays you're not getting, you ain't getting that. That and Judgment Day. From right after uh, WrestleMania for SmackDown. But, uh, yeah, no, those were two very good shows. Backlash I loved as the post-WrestleMania pay-per-view. And they actually did bring it back as a post-WrestleMania pay-per-view in the last two years. Um, Backlash 2017 was like SmackDown's post-WrestleMania show. Not Raw. That was before they merged the the pay-per-views. And then last year they had the Greatest Royal Rumble, but Backlash was like the next week. So technically, they did have the post-WrestleMania shit on that show, too. The Greatest Rumble was a glorified house show. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they have since gotten rid of it. I know there was a rumor they might bring it back in June, but at that point, like, what's the point? Like, Money in the Bank is next month. Backlash should have happened in May, and then Money in the Bank in June. That's what they did last year. I don't know why they didn't do it this year. Maybe because last year's Backlash was so bad, they thought it would just be better off just to scrap it. I don't know. But I like the old school pay-per-views. Backlash lasted a long time. Like you said, 99, they got rid of it in 90, or 2009. So that's a 10-year run right there. Money in the Bank hasn't even been around for 10 years yet. It's a 10-year run, and they brought it back from 2016 to 2018. So that's a pretty solid run there for Backlash. But um, yeah, this, this was a good show uh, aside from, I mean, the main event I thought was the best part about it. I don't really care too much for the 1999 stuff, but overall, it looked like a good show on paper. Yeah, because right now we have Money in the Bank coming up next, then we have NXT TakeOver in June, and then we get Extreme Rules in July. So that's not even like a main, <clears throat> a main card show for June. I guess it's just TakeOver. Um, I, well, I think it might be they might be doing a Saudi Arabia show, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, God. <laughs> it was supposed to happen in May, but they bumped it, I believe, to June. If I, I, if I think if I'm remembering this correctly. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, who it's cares? It's it. The Saudi Arabia show um, sucks. So yeah, man, I think we, I think we covered a lot 
Uh, if I miss anything, I know we'll probably get to it next week. Uh, Superstar shakeup, and now you're starting to see Money in the Bank uh, roll out with a few matches. We got the the, the the two women's matches, AJ and Seth. You're gonna have Roman, Roman and Elias. You're gonna have who am I forgetting? I think that's it so far. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, either way, it's, it's, it's yeah. Well, it'll roll. You like you said, Roman and Elias, the two Becky matches, AJ, um, and AJ and Rollins, and then obviously the two Money in the Bank ladder matches too. Right. All right. So Graham, always appreciate it, my man. Do great work for Bleacher Report on Twitter at Russell Rant. Um, and I catch up with you next week, bro. Sounds good, Randy. Talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Adios. All right.